and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chalk, and I am here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, yes, what is up everybody? It is Wednesday, which means last night we did have NXT on the TV. So I'm here to give my review on that show. Very up and down show, some good things, some bad things. Like always, really, with NXT. But let's get to it. And this week's NXT starts with a big video package of what happened at Vengeance Day over the weekend. And if you want my views on that, then go and listen to the Vengeance Day review after listening to this one, obviously. We then see Bailey arriving at the Performance Center. She's here to do her Ding Dong Hello segment later on. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams made their way out to the ring to officially kick off the show. Uh, Trick says Mello turned the vision seer Apollo Crews into Stevie Wonder, which kind of popped me. Hayes then talks about winning two to nothing. Uh, he then goes to turn his attention to Braun Breaker, but JD McDonough interrupts and calls Carmelo the, the coolest member of the roster, but in the ring, he can't hold his jock strap. He says, Hayes isn't ready for the main event. Says he's about sending bodies to the emergency room or something and Hayes should phone ahead and tell them that he's coming. So lame. Uh, Hayes gets in his face and teases a match. In fact, they agree to a match for later. All really lame crap, to be honest, but we'll get to the match in a minute. Fallon Henley has waited until tonight to moan about Kiana James cheating on Saturday night. And then she tells her to tell Brooks Jensen about this guy. I've forgotten her name now, but it was on the phone a couple of weeks ago. It's obviously her brother, but this is NXT. Uh, they walk into a room and Briggs and Jensen have got them a surprise party which we cut to quite a few times on this show. Uh, Vic Joseph then talks about Grayson Waller crashing the Shawn Michaels media call and talks about him being suspended. Uh, we see footage of that. And then our first match was Sol Ruka versus Zoe Stark. There's a bit of back and forth early on and Ruka just gets the better of the exchanges. She hits an X-Factor and a clothesline over the top rope. Back in the ring, Starks nails a sliding clothesline. That gets her a two count. Ruka does an impressive sunset flip thing, which looked great, but then gets her head taken off with a clothesline. Uh, Ruka comes back and delivers a handspring splash in the corner. She goes for a spring, springboard splash, but Stark gets her knees up and then nails her GTS thing and wins the match. After the match, she goes to carry on the attack, 
but it ended with Ruka hitting that awesome finish of a finisher of hers and walks away. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, the old classic of the winner letting her opponent get her stuff in um, and sort of making her look good because she's winning anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I like this. They then replayed Deborah Cato attacking Apollo Crews. Uh, we go backstage to more party bollocks, but this time actually pretty good because the brilliant, dishevelled, pretty deadly walk-in looking an absolute mess. Uh, Chase U also there and sets up for a match later. Dabba Kato then took on Dante Chen. Kato threw him around a little bit. Chen got a couple of shots in, knocking him to his knee. But Kato nailed him with a chop, delivered a huge lowdown, and won the match. I'm going to hold judgment for now on Dabba Kato, but I did think he looked pretty good here. Um, certainly a big guy and towers over many of them in the... Uh, NXT locker room, so let's see what happens. We see Diamond Mine getting confronted by Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Oh, Isla Dawn's already really annoying. Roxanne Perez gets interviewed backstage about winning at Vengeance Day. She gets interrupted by Caden Carter and Katana Chance, who this week have decided to become heels by the, by the uh, looks of it. They say Perez hasn't got any friends, but she's going to make a phone call or something to prove that she has. What a load of shite. Talking of shite, Isla Dawn took on Tatum Paxley. Paxley takes Dawn down early on until Abafire sort of gets involved. Dawn hangs her up on the top rope and delivers a meteora, which gets a two count. Paxley fights back with back elbows and an insecurity. Uh, she misses a crossbody though from the second rope. And Dawn hits her finisher and wins the match. After the match, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire goes to attack again. But Ivan Nile comes out and runs them away. Utter rubbish. Hate the Isla Dawn character already. She's only been on TV like a couple of weeks I just don't get it. I hate it. I don't know why WWE always feel the need to do this with a couple of their women. Tatum Paxley, well, she needs a lot of work. Uh, and looks pretty early into her training because she's sort of doing all the generic things you do early on in training. Yet she's having a match on TV, so it's really unfair to her, really. It's not her fault. She's going to take it if it's offered, of course. JD McDonough versus Carmelo Hayes was our next match. As with every NXT match, seemingly, we get a bit of back and forth in the beginning. Hayes hangs JD on the ropes and dives to the outside over the top rope, taking him out. JD comes back, though, and sends Hayes face first into the mat. Then delivers a big backdrop and hangs Hayes up on the ropes. Uh, ribs first as they go to a break. When we come back, JD was still in control. Uh, Hayes fights back though. 
with a scoop slam and a couple of roll-ups. He then runs straight into a standing Spanish, Spanish fly for a two count. Uh, JD heads to the top, but Hayes cuts him off and hangs him up in the ropes again. He hits his springboard no-look leg drop thing, uh, followed by a springboard clothesline and a cutter for two. Later, McDonough hit a nice sit-out powerbomb. That also got two. Hayes hits a co-breaker out of nowhere. Got two. McDonough nails a headbutt, but Ilya Dragunov shows up. Uh, he hits Trick with something on the way towards the ring. Off a of distraction, Hayes rolls up McDonough and wins the match. Dragunov then gets in the ring. Looks like he's about to attack Kamala Hayes, but instead attacks McDonough. Uh, McDonough runs off through the crowd with Dragunov chasing him. Some really good stuff in this one. McDonough, I think, is really underrated in the ring. It's just his character that's terrible. This was much better than Saturday Night for Kamala Hayes as well. Um, Dragunov being back opens up more good matchups, but he's really weird to watch, isn't he? Or maybe that's just me, I don't know. Great, but weird. Tiffany Stratton is getting ready backstage, putting some makeup on. When Fear Hale confronts her about a TikTok or something where she hates on Chase U, uh, she tells Stratton to suck it and then gets abducted by Ava Rain, seemingly. Uh, I love Fear Hale, by the way. But this nonsense. Uh, another party segment, not going to talk about that. Valentina Feroz was then with Wendy Chu to take on Lyra Valkyria. Again, they go hold for hold until Valkyria started putting in the kicks. She delivers a nice Northern Knight suplex for two. Electra Lopez walked out as the match was going on. Um, both women clash heads at one point. Electra passing the brass knuckles. For us, it looks like she's going to use them whilst Wendy Chu's screaming. Um, but she gets nailed with a spin kick and Lyra Valkyria, Valkyria wins the match. Um, I really like Lyra Valkyria. I, I will get it right. Uh, I like her a lot, but this was crap. I don't understand why Wendy Chu is with uh, Valentina Feroz I must have missed something somewhere um, Wendy Chu's just finished isn't she already the whole Electra Lopez thing is just boring to me as well and I really don't care maybe that's on me maybe I should care a little bit but they need to make me care uh, they then showed a really good video package of Wesley and his diary of Vengeance Day. I thought that's really good. Uh, he's then backstage getting interviewed when he gets interrupted by Tony D'Angelo and Stax. They sort of tease both of them answering the United States, United States, North American Championship Open Challenge for next week. 
And then we get Odyssey Jones versus Stax. Uh, Jones overpowers Stax at the start. Stax tries a few shoulder blocks, but he gets his head taken off by Jones and the clothesline. Uh, Jones is in complete control until Stax hangs him over the top ropes. He, he delivers a leg drop over the top to the outside before seemingly falling on his arse. Uh, Jones again fights back, hits a one-armed sidewalk slam and a rollover thing that he does. Stax hits a DDT out of nowhere and a foot stomp or a knee stomp and wins the match. Uh, both guys show a lot of potential, I think. Stax is getting better and better each week. He's, you know, better than when we first saw him. As for Odyssey Jones... I think he could be a real star in the making if they use him right. Having him lose too many matches is not going to help him, mind you. As for the match itself, there wasn't really a lot to it. At least you'll see him progression. Uh, we get an Indushare video package saying that they want to take over NXT. Yeah. We find out that Roxanne Perez's friend is Mako Satamora. Awesome. Can't wait for her to be back. Chase U then took on Pretty Deadly. <clears throat> Hudson runs over Prince early on. He sends him to the outside and Prince has had enough. He tags in Wilson. He also gets his ass handed to him by Andre Chase. A pretty Deadly don't see the point of carrying on. But they kind of refound themselves after a back elbow from Prince. Hudson gets sent to the outside and Wilson smashes him with a back elbow, making him fall back over the steel steps as they go to a break. When we come back, pretty deadly are in control. Uh, Prince nails a clothesline in the back of the head of Hudson. Chase gets the hot tag and he takes out both guys. He locks in the figure four on Wilson. Uh, he does a DDT flatliner combo for a two count. Pretty deadly managed to hit an assisted gut buster in there for a two count. Hudson comes in and runs wild. Uh, Andrew Chase does a chase you kicks. But Fear, uh, Fear Hell runs out screaming that they're going to get her. And she's covered in the schism stickers. Uh, in the ring, Pretty Deadly hits Spilt Milk and win the match. This match was as goofy as it gets, and I loved every second of it. I think I'm a pretty deadly fan for life. Their comedy is just great for this brand, great for WWE, actually. I love this. Their dishevelled look and really not caring. and, and I just, Yeah, I found this really funny and really well done. Was it a classic match? No. Did it need to be? No. Good stuff. Uh, Drew Gulak and Hank Walker talk about their ring gear when Charlie Dempsey interrupts. He is one boring bastard. And then we get to the, the main event spot, which was the Ding Dong Hello show with Bailey interviewing Toxic Attraction. There was tension right away from the start. 
Bailey asked them what happened on Saturday and they sort of argue about whose fault it was. JC Jane says that Gigi looked like a hobo. Uh, sorry, a Chucky doll that had sex with a hobo or something like that. Uh, Bailey says, you both want to get to the top, but wouldn't it be easier to get there with somebody by your side that has the same ambitions? They seem to agree with this, and uh, Gigi was all upset that she's alienated the locker room. They sort of call each other sisters, and they agree to have one more run, but not for the NXT women's tag team titles, but go after damage control instead. Bailey sort of calms them down and gets them to hug it out, which they do. Uh, raise each other's hands in the air. The music starts playing. And then JC Jane turns on Gigi Dolan, slams her through the door, sort of, and then blasts her in the face with a kick. And uh, JC Jane stands tall. Well, we all knew that this was where it was heading. We could all see that, but I think they just about pulled it off. I'm guessing Gigi Dolan is uh, going to be the baby face. But she has to change quite a bit for that to work. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. I'm glad Toxic Attraction is done because since Mandy Rose was released, they really had no purpose. So let's see how they do as singles wrestlers. But that is your NXT review, and as always, you can tell us what you thought of the show through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter, I am at Adam Chalkate on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the AW Dynamite review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.